This podcast episode is brought to you by Phone Sites. With Phone Sites, you can build a website or sales funnel that generates leads from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any tech skills or without downloading an app. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Nate. Let's go! In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, Nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't alright, I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable from my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. Years of marriage has never been better than this And we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm gonna be a leader I'ma lead the way Cause I'm a firm believer We can do anything we want If I said it then I meant it I probably already did it Consider it Championship Leadership Podcast Hey Bailey Championship 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 Leadership Podcast Championship Leadership Podcast With Nate Bailey Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Championship Leadership Podcast. And we have Kent Clodier here. He is the founder and CEO of Real Estate Worldwide and, and uh, most importantly, proud husband, father of of three kids and uh, out of San Diego, we're just talking. I'm in, I'm in uh, the winter wonderland here up in Minnesota. And uh, we both get ready for an amazing Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is tomorrow. Yep. Uh, we're recording, recording this, so I love this time of year. Uh, but thank you so much for taking some time to be here. I appreciate it. Oh, dude, my pleasure, bro. Yeah. Um, real quick, I, I, I always like starting out with this question, the name of the podcast, Championship Leadership. So always interested to hear like, what comes to mind for you or what does that mean to you championship leadership when you hear that? Um, what comes to mind? I would say probably the first thing that jumps out to me is that leadership is, is, uh, you know, defined by doing things that others are either unwilling or unprepared to do. What I mean by that is that, you know, a lot of people have this misconception that being a manager as a leader or being a, you know, as it relates to business and, for me, nothing could be further from the truth. At the end of the day, business uh, entrepreneurship is extremely challenging. Um, and you are definitely going to get hit. You're going to get hit a lot. And if you are not prepared, one, to take those hits, and two, to kind of lead the charge and lead your team and lead the, your community out uh, onto the battlefield and continue to fight every single day, well, then you've got some work to do, right? Leadership is about being able to step into the challenges that come on, come at you versus uh, running from them, retreating from them, cowering to them, which unfortunately is what, what a lot of people ultimately end up doing because they are prepared as managers or as business owners, but they're not really prepared as leaders, right? I'm going to get one of the common things that, that we kind of echo throughout our organization and that I, that I try to instill in everybody around me is that, you know, mediocrity is the enemy. And, um, and that in almost 
globally, most cases when things get really, really, really challenging to the point where you absolutely feel like giving up, that is the exact moment when you need to be telling yourself, this is exactly when my competition will stop. And therefore, all I need to do is to keep moving forward. Be the leader, step into it, do what you got to do. So that's what that's, that probably is easy definition of as, as I can give to you. Yeah, I love it. That's, that's great. And uh, I would like to expand on that maybe just a little bit more. I, 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 I don't know. Sometimes I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll throw generalizations out there and, and sometimes I'm not sure if it's the right thing to, to do or not, but I feel like this day and age, this time that we are in, it seems more so like when there is that little bit of pressure or instead of leaning in people, uh, the, the default is definitely to maybe not do that, to retreat. And um, I don't know what that is. If it's uh, used to, you know, social media, everything else, it's instant gratification. There is a lot of uh, political correctness going on. And I, th I think that harbors a little bit of a soft sidedness in, in many, which would have you retreat in those moments. It wouldn't have you lean into it. It wouldn't have you see that as a sign to be like, man, all right, this is the time to step it up. Like we're close. Right. Well, even if you're not close, you know, that, that's the thing. That's pro that is probably the, if I was going to say anything, your last comment is probably the, the most profound in that, that um, when people don't have a clear finish line or they don't have a clear objective, some, some way of understanding um, that how, how distant the outcome really is, that's when people give up, right? They don't, they don't, they don't understand, they don't, it is not positioned correctly in their mind, right? I work with a lot of people around the country, a lot of entrepreneurs, and I can tell you that most of them, they do not, they, they position success as a finish line because they have a goal, they have an objective that they're trying to get. And rather than understanding that, you know, that you have to embrace the struggle, that the journey in and of itself is the win. Um, getting through those processes and getting hit, getting beat up, getting knocked down, that, that, that is all part of it. And those things are wins, right? It, it, it kind of, it, it creates that intestinal fortitude that, that is required, quite frankly, to be successful. It's not a matter of if you're going to get tested, it's just a matter of when. And are you prepared to do what it takes to, to keep pushing ahead without uh, a clear line of sight of when that pain is going to stop? It takes a really special kind of mentality to do that. It takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of training, quite frankly, to do that. Uh, and unfortunately, the only way you can get the training is to go through it. It's just, I mean, you've got, it, you've got to get in there and mix it up and, and go for big, you know, huge goals. Go fight for things that actually matter, right, versus playing it safe time and time again, as I like to say, kind of wrapping that little blanket of mediocrity around you you got to break free of that. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing to be gained there. Right. And every time you go for it, you can count on at some level, you're going to be tested. And, but that just kind of hardens the steel and over and over and over you look up and you realize that even when I didn't win, I was winning. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, you know, some things in life, there's just, there is no shortcut to it. Right. Um, you know, that experience, I think, uh, I think you were just talking about that, right. To become a leader, it's, it's, and not just a leader to be become what you would define as successful, whether it's in business, whether it's at home, you know, as a parent, as a husband, um, as a father, uh, you know, in all walks of life, all areas of life, like 
<laughs> there's just us. Uh, sometimes you just got to put the time in to get the experience, to gain the wisdom, the knowledge. And then hopefully once you have that, the awareness to be able to see it for what it is and to use it um, to continue to move you forward. Yeah. I mean, I, I would, the analogy I use a lot with my, with my guys is, you know, when you see an MMA fighter train or you see a boxer train or what have you, they train by walking into the ring and getting the crap beat out of them. Right. Yeah, you right. Have to think about what yeah. that, what, what that, that kind of mentality that that takes to somebody to literally walk into a ring in front of thousands of people. And, you know, five minutes before when he's putting the gloves on or she's putting the gloves on, they clearly know that they are about to get hit right in the face as hard as somebody can hit them. Right. Yeah. And, how special an individual that takes to kind of go through that. And there's no amount of reading in the reading a book or watching a YouTube video or going to a seminar, nothing that they could ever do was going to prepare them for that outside of just doing it. And entrepreneurship is very, very similar, right? Running businesses and scaling businesses and building successful lives and fighting for your dreams. It's exactly the same way. There's just nothing you can, you will gain a lot of knowledge, um, but there's nothing like the real thing, getting out there and being tested like you've never been tested before and, you know, staring that abyss right in the face and just entertaining your worst fears, knowing that you could go out of business in a minute. That, that is the kind of, that's the good stuff. That's the stuff that makes you so powerful as you continue to progress through life. Yeah. That's absolutely. what leadership is. Yeah. Well, could, maybe you could, uh, tell us a little bit about your story and, and how you got started in this path. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I got started when I was 17 in business. My father uh, was in the grocery industry and we, we started what was, what was, you know, back then was referred to as diverting. Um, but it was kind of basically an arbitrage business where we would go and buy a truckload of an item, a grocery item in one market where the manufacturer just happened to be selling at a discount to Kroger or Safeway or Winn-Dixie or Publix or whoever. They were just selling a truckload of Campbell's soup at a discount to gain market share, you know, in Atlanta, Georgia. And we would go in there and buy that entire truckload basically out the back door. And then we would turn around and ship it uh, to another part of the country, the exact same item, right? And we would ship it to another part of the country where the manufacturer wasn't selling it at a discount. And we would make the spread. And so we never manufactured anything. We never built anything. All we did was just kind of play in between uh, and took, took um, advantage of inefficiencies that were in that market. And there was a fairly sizable market. I mean, if you think about it, there's, 40,000 items in any grocery store at any given time. And so yeah. a lot of those items were, were ripe for that kind of opportunity. And so by the time I was 23, that business turned into a $50 million a year business. By the time I was 28, I was running uh, an $800 million a year company. By the time I was 30, I was running a $1.8 billion a year company, seventh largest privately held company in the state of Florida. Um, and very fortunate that, um, you know, through those acquisitions and my father moving out and other companies moving in and me doing all this kind of stuff, moving from Memphis, Tennessee to, to Florida, that um, I, was kind of, I was kind of a really big deal in that industry. I was kind of like the golden boy because uh, I had been very, very successful for a long time. And I got, uh, I got whacked, had a run in with my business partners, the guys that actually owned the company at that point and walked out of there on March 14th of 2000. Um, was really pissed off, really wound up, really thought I had it all figured out, was definitely believed in my own BS, and then turned around and over the course of the next two years proceeded to lose everything that I'd ever worked for, right? 
uh, was morally, financially, everything was bankrupt as, as you could get. I actually should have filed for bankruptcy, but I didn't because I was too mm-hmm. traveling. That tells you anything. Yeah. Um, and so wiped myself out completely. Millions and millions of dollars, lost it all. Uh, and then ultimately that got me started in real estate. In December of 2002, I went to my very first real estate seminar. Never even knew anything about it. Uh, was broke as a joke. I was tired of being broke. was tired of being you know, a fraction of the man I'd been before. Uh, I had just started dating a young lady and moved in with her. And, and, you know, basically she was taking me under her wing because I was, like I said, just a shell of myself at that point. And uh, saw what they were talking about on that seminar. And they were talking about a, a tactic called, a strategy called wholesaling, um, which I never even realized that you could do is basically go put a property under contract and flip the contract. And it quickly resonated with me. So I invested in the course, money I didn't have, and quickly started flipping houses. And inside of my first year, flipped over 90 houses, made over a million dollars, got kind of back on my feet, quickly turned that into a business, a real business. Um, And it started growing very, very rapidly. And it's a business now today that still flips 900 houses a year based out of Memphis, Tennessee. Um, with my father and my brothers, and they've got a, you know, an entire organization over there that does that now while I'm sitting here in San Diego. And along that way, a lot of the strategies and tactics <coughs> that we were using, that we had brought into real estate um, from the arbitrage business really started to, they kind of, they translated well, they made sense, right? Business strategies. And so I started teaching people how we had grown a business so rapidly in real estate. And before you know it, you know, real estate worldwide was born Back in 2006, um, now we've had over 50,000 people buy our products and our services. We have our software that, that now has you know, tens of thousands of users on it. We have um, our mastermind that is very, very successful. Some of the biggest real estate investors in the world are a part of our boardroom mastermind. And so it just kind of continues to evolve and evolve and evolve. And you know, along the way, you do it long enough, long enough, you figure out a few things. One of the things that I definitely figured out was when I got my second lease on life, uh, in this, in real estate for the last, you know, almost 19 years, um, that I figured out how to do it with a lot of balance, right? Basically my, my business serves me. I do not serve my business. I've always built it with the end in mind, clearly understanding that my, my family this time around is the most important thing because it wasn't the most important thing the first time around. I, I built that entire business at the expense of my family and ended up being divorced with a young son that hardly knew me. And so, Proud to say that my, you know, I walk my little girls to school every day, pick them up from school. You know, I'm the most thing I'm the most proud of is I figured out how to do it and still remain a good father and husband along the way. Yeah, yeah, that's incredible. And and uh, that reminds me of a post I just saw you make. And you know, you made it. You made the post, so I'm going to ask about it because uh, yeah. it was it was uh, you know there's a death in, in very close to you and your family, and you just made the comment. Um, um, and it was something that just really stuck with me. I don't remember many posts as I'm uh, going through Facebook, but of the gentleman that died and, and just the people that were there to honor him and his life, you know, over, I believe you said around 600 people. Mm-hmm. Just how that's a moment that you just really makes you think about you and how you show up and, 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 uh, and just really reflect. And I think that's important because, you know, not everybody would, would be in that situation and necessarily have those thoughts either. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a lot of what we're thinking about. So maybe, I don't know if you could talk because you are, you know, I mean, the success that you've had, and it sounds like, you know, maybe in the, in the, in the first phase of su- success, that 
wasn't those priorities weren't there but now they are mm -hmm. and just the fact of learning from that and, and how important that is and and uh is that something that you also teach train right um, to your well we have a say you know all over my office here in la jolla california we were surrounded by the time is now right and it's i mean it's on my wrist it's tattooed on my arm um it is a it is a huge huge factor in my life but a lot of different things in my life that have helped me to understand that the clock's ticking and we all get a very finite amount of time on this planet and and that it is our responsibility to be as aware as we as, as humanly possible of that time and not be irresponsible with that time not be reckless with that time you know be intentional every single day with what you're doing because you just don't know uh, quite frankly when when you know tomorrow's not promised to any of us right and so that's always been at the forefront of, I should say always, basically in my 40s, it's been at the forefront of my mind for a long time in this rebirth of, my, of, of who I've kind of evolved. And I think we all kind of evolve, right? Um, you know, I'm, not, I'm a very different guy than I was in my 20s building that business than I am in you know, my 40s. Um, and so through that evolution, I've, I've definitely become very dialed in on time. And I teach people this all. And, and when I coach people, I walk them through how to get the most out of their business and set their business up and scale their business in a way that they can remove themselves and ultimately get, um, you know, what, what we're all after, which is freedom, right? That's what, yeah. what we all, I mean, that's why if I asked anybody watching this to define success, almost everybody would define it in some version of freedom, right? Yep. And so, um, yeah, it's a, it's a very poignant, very profound thing in my life. But as you talked about, you know, we had a, a death in the family uh, last week, my, my son's stepfather, uh, who he was extremely close to, um, uh, passed away and passed away in a tragic accident. And, you know, I, I, get, I get somewhat conned into believing um, into my public persona, and if I'm guilty of it, anybody is. Mm -hmm. um, and that is that, you know, this, whether it's social media, whether these kind of I don't want to say artificial, but these very different types of relationships that are built online, whether that's with your customers, through your members, through your associates, employees, are just generally out there, you know, in the in the cloud. We get we get into believing that somehow um, we find validation in that. And here was a guy that I have a ton of respect for, and and knew that he had been very very good to my son his entire life, um, but also really gain an appreciation for just how much time he spent investing in real relationships, uh, which had a, had a profound effect on me, right? I mean, it's not often that you go to a, a service. I mean, this guy was a, this guy's an airplane mechanic, right? He hasn't, I mean, I don't even know if he was ever even on social media, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, but yet he had six or 700 people show up at his funeral and show their respects for him and, and my son and his mother um and and because of just how much he had taken the time to you know touch the, the the spirit of each one of those people and really help them in some kind of meaningful way and i just think that goes a long way into understanding that that's a that's the kind of life i mean that's that that is the a life that can be um honored for years and years and years i mean that will no one will ever forget that right i mean right. that will live on and for forever that the, that that guy had such an impact on people that people would do that would show up like that and i and so yeah it made me question myself which i think is healthy and continue Absolutely. to evolve 
you know, whether it's millions of fans online or whether it's, you know, millions of followers or whatever the hell you want to call quite, I mean, yeah, my reach and my ability to impact people is big. Um, but there's something to be said for that, you know, one-on-one that I think, uh, I, I deserve some more attention on my part for sure. Yeah. Thank you for, for expanding on that. Um, who are some leaders, some championship leaders that, that have really impacted you along the way, maybe directly, maybe indirectly. You don't have to name them by name if you don't want to or not comfortable with that. Yeah, but no, I don't have a problem. And, um, yeah, yeah. No, I'll tell you that, um, you know, my original mentor was a guy, by, well, my father certainly had a huge impact on me, but my, uh, one of my original mentors is a guy by the name of Sal Ricciardi um, in the grocery business. And he really helped me a lot, helped me grow up a lot. I mean, when you're 27, 28 years old, running an $800 million year company, uh, you're not going to get that, do that without mentorship, yeah. right? And so he invested a lot of time and effort and energy in me. And, and I look back very fondly on everything he did for me. Um, equally, um, you know, as I've moved into this business, when I originally got into this business, Stan Merrill and I were very, very close. And he really helped me a lot through my, through my evolution. Roland Frazier, who is my business partner now, uh, Ryan Dice, Perry Belcher, all these guys have really kind of helped me to connect a lot of dots. Frank Kern, who's a good friend of mine. Um, you know, and then recently I've got, you know, Ed Milet, uh, Bedros Koulian, um, Joe Marion, Dan Fleischman, Steve Weatherford, Lo Silva. There's, you know, there's a lot of people. I have a, a, a lot of people around me that play um, a role, right? I kind of pull information and tidbits that I'm an action taker, right? So mentorship for me um, has a tendency to be, I will grab on to a piece of information, just what I needed to hear in a moment, this, this isolated thing, but I will make, I will explore it to the, to the ends of the earth, right? And so I've had a lot of guys that I pulled and girls over the years that I've been able to, to spend a lot of time with and they played really valuable roles in me kind of connecting dots and moving pieces on the chessboard. Yeah, yeah. What, um, what's the vision for you? Where, where are you headed? Like, where are you going? I know championship leaders, I, I, I say this all the time, but I, I relate it to football, like the Bill Belichick's and Nick Saban's, they have incredible vision mm-hmm. and different than, than all the other elite coaches out there because they're winning every year. I mean, they, it's not easy, but they make it look easy <laughs> in what right. they do. Right. Of course it's not, otherwise everybody else would be winning every year. What's, what's that vision for you uh, that you have? You know, maybe I'm, even I'm, uh, I'm extremely passionate about our, our mastermind, right? The boardroom mastermind. I'm extremely passionate about entrepreneurship in general. But so we're going to spend, you know, over the course of the next five years, we are definitely going to grow our mastermind, grow our reach, grow our ability to not just talk to people inside of the real estate space, but really get more of um, out into the entrepreneur space. And I believe that what we do is unique. I believe in, in what we do is impactful. Uh, and I, as I said earlier, you know, having that ability to connect with somebody at a, at a deeper level, uh, one-on-one instead of going so wide is, is a huge part of our vision, right? Um, the software business uh, is, is a business that we are equal, you know, that we are passionate about, but, but quite frankly, uh, we are probably going to try to figure out a way to, to uh, exit that business sometime inside of the next five years um, and really just kind of focus all of our attention on really have an impact at a deep level with this core group of people. But I hope is, you know, you know, on the side of the next five years is somewhere between 500 and a thousand people that we're meeting with on an, on an annual basis that I know we're creating real relationships and real impact in their life. Yeah. 
That's incredible. So how many people uh, are inside of that currently? Uh, we roughly have about 175 people inside of boardroom right now. Okay. Love it. What um, is, is the real estate as far as like uh, doing the flipping, flipping over 900 homes? Is that something that you're going to continue to? Oh yeah. 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 I play, I play almost no role in that business today. My, my father runs that business along with my two brothers. Um, my role there is, is more strategic at this point um, and just help them, you know, kind of gain some insight and some knowledge from, from when I can provide that form, but largely I'm, I've exited that business. Um, I'm not, I'm not hugely passionate about flipping houses. Just being very candid. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm passionate about helping people to build wealth and that's, and that's something that we do for them inside of Memphis Invest, bringing them the, these houses. So entrepreneurs, you know, most, most entrepreneurs out there in the world today, if they're successful, they'll turn around and one of the things they almost immediately struggle with is where do I start putting this money? How do I get my money to make me money? Right. Well, that's what Memphis Invest specializes in, right? So Memphis Invest takes entrepreneurs like us and turns around and effectively sells them a performing asset, a cash flow home in one of seven cities that, um, produces income for them year after year after year after year. And we shows them how to build a portfolio of this. So, which again, goes back to creating a legacy, creating impact. I mean, there's nothing more, you know, I can't think of anything more, more, more profound than to leave your kids 25 properties that are sitting there producing cash for them at, you know, let's just call it $25,000 a month for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Um, right. I mean, that is a, that is a huge, huge impact. And, and so we help, entrepreneurs accomplish that, right? We, we sell 900 properties a year. We manage almost 6,000 properties for our clients right now. Um, and so it is a, it's a, it fits definitely into our overall picture, but the actual buying and selling of houses is just not something I personally am particularly passionate about. What I am passionate about is the freedom and the time freedom that ultimately it gives our clients. That is something that I believe is, is, you know, really uh, something to be very proud of. Yeah. What's, um, what's, a, what's a critical moment in your life? Um, talk about this all the time, like a turning point where, you know, had you, you could have very easily veered left and instead, you, you know, you, took, you took, took the right, the road less traveled and that has you where you are today, but, but had you, you know, maybe made a different decision in that moment, um, you could be somewhere very different inside of your life. Um, I, th I think we all have these moments and it's always good to hear from others that have been had the courage to make that decision in that moment um, to get them where they are today. Yeah, well, March 14th of 2000, I decided to walk out in a huff of that grocery business, right? Okay. And I was literally at the very top of my game. Um, there, there was only two guys in the organization that were ahead of me, and that was the, the president and the CEO at that time. Um, and I had been wildly successful for, for 13 years. Um, there wasn't one thing I couldn't get done inside of that organization. There wasn't, I mean, I, I was inside of that industry, right? It was well thought of, well respected. Um, I mean, I was as, as high as you could probably go, right? And yeah. I made the mistake, but I, you know, I was also 30 years old and I was also full of crap, right? I believe my own BS. And all of that success was, 100% because of me. All you had to do was ask me, right? I was <laughs> right. Um, and so um, I 
it's 7.30 in the morning. I walked in or 7.15 in the morning. I walked in, still had the briefcase over my shoulder. And I had been noodling on the night before that I wanted to get some of my equity back in the company. I asked for that equity uh, and that did not end well. Um, we had a conversation and at that point I just decided I was gone and literally made that decision in probably 30 seconds to walk away from something I'd worked at so hard at for that long. Pissed off and, and riled up and um, thought I would just go off and build business at the expense of them and tried to pirate all their employees, pirate all their customers, made every ruthless and dumbass mistake you could make along the way and then you know they effectively put, put me out of business over a two-year period um and so you know in that moment if i had just walked to my office instead of walking into the other office for sure my life would probably be considerably different um, yeah. many of my friends are still there right so 30-year yeah. guys i would I, I you know i was making a ton of money and could have it had been a very different but God had a different plan for me. And I certainly would not be here now. I certainly would not have the reach, the impact, the ability to touch millions of people and, and help them. Uh, I, none of that would have materialized. My, I can't even say that my wife or my two daughters would have materialized, right? So that one decision, which you know, led to two years of a great deal of pain, um, you know, the kind of pain where you're just praying for it to stop. You know, just give me a break, God. I mean, how can I keep getting hit? Um, that two years was, was very, very traumatic for me. And, but I look back on it now, now that I've gained some distance, right? Of course, uh, you know, 17 years later, 19 years later, um, it's the greatest thing that ever happened to me, yeah. right? None of this would happen if I hadn't done that. And I'm as happy as I've ever been. I have a beautiful wife. We live in a beautiful house directly on the Pacific Ocean. I have three amazing kids. I have, you know, businesses that are, that are striving uh, and, and continue or thriving, I should say, and continuing to strive for more. Um, you know, life is good. It hasn't always been good, but life is good now. And you got to, that's why I come back to the original comment when you and I were talking to you that, you know, it's those moments that, that period of my life helped to um, give me the tools that were necessary for the next journey, right? Because I, I have relied back on those, on those dark times more than I could even, more times than I can count. Where yeah. I look back and I'm like, dude, you've been through the toughest stuff anybody can go through. And look at you, right? You got this. Chill. Just right. do what you got. And that's a huge gift, right? So mm -hmm. if you position the hard times as a gift, um, you know, and how much better it's going to make you. I think it really, really helps you to, to push ahead. Is that something that you try to expose on to uh, other people? You know, because when you're going through it, like you said, I, it's almost impossible to see it as mm -hmm. a gift. It's impossible to hear it from somebody else say, tell you that it's going to be okay and it's going to get better and that you're going to look at this as a great moment. But you know, if you, <laughs> if you can get through to some people that, hey, you know, this very well may be the thing that really forges your life and sets you on a path that really could set you up for something completely different that you have even no idea that's coming your way, like God's got this different plan for you. Um, I mean, is that, is that a conversation that you, you have with people? All the time. time? All yeah. the time. My personal coaching clients, you know, every once in a while, I'll take some personal clients on and help them go scale their businesses. And this is a constant topic of conversation, right? Yeah. Because anything that worth doing is going to require you to get outside of your comfort zone. It's going to require you to experience some pain. And, 
And so almost on a weekly basis, I'm on the phone with them talking to them about, all right, so this is what, you know, this is the good stuff. Doesn't feel good. Yeah. This is good stuff, right? And, you know, Steve Jobs talks about it in his uh, commencement address uh, yeah. on YouTube at Stanford that you cannot connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking back. Mm -hmm. And it's a very, very profound statement, right? Very, I mean, when you yeah. think about it, when, I mean, I'm sitting here today looking back on what I would have argued then is the worst time of my life and understanding clearly that that dot helped connect dots all the way back to this seat. Yeah. And you can't see that when you're in it, unfortunately. And now there's not, a, there's no amount of talking or coaching that's going to help you see that. Right. Uh, it only, it just has to play out. And, but if you've got somebody in your corner and you've got somebody that's been there, done that, understands clearly that, that um, the way to kind of mentally frame it so it gives you the, the fortitude to move forward, that's the good stuff, man. That's why, we, that's why we need mentors. That's why we need people in our corner. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. And um, so as we wrap up here, what, what are maybe one or two things that you could leave with the audience just to help them move forward that they could take and, and put into play for them for their lives today and uh, help them to move forward. Yeah, probably the, the, you know, the thing that I'd like to share with my, my students, I mean, all, all the strategies and tactics and things, whether when any business that you're in or any life that you're, you know, event you're trying to create, whatever it is, right. Um, that you're trying to do in your life. Um, I think it's really, really important to, to have respect for time. And so probably the easiest way that I've ever found to do that with people is to, you know, if you're a woman, I would tell you to go write down the number 82. And if you're a man, go write down the number 78 uh, and then go subtract your age from it and calculate in a very real way uh, how many years you have left on this planet. Because statistically speaking, men live to 78 and American women live to 82. Yeah. And when you calculate how many years you have left and then you go multiply that number times 365 and calculate how many days you have left. And then you go take that number and go multiply it uh, by 0.67 because then what you're effectively doing there is taking eight hours of the day away because you're going to be asleep mm -hmm. now, now you have how many waking days you have left on this planet and when you do that and you put that number front and center and go put it on your bathroom mirror go put it on your master bedroom mirror go put it on your office whiteboard but you keep it right in front of you it is a not so subtle reminder that the clock is ticking and every morning when you wake up every morning when you walk in that office you just take one number off yeah. And you get a decision, right? It is a choice of what every single one of those days looks like. It may not feel like you get a decision, but I promise you, you get to decide. And I would take those decisions. If, if you do that and you have it in front of you, I mean, I had somebody that went as far as they filled a, a, uh, an aquarium, like a 10 gallon aquarium with, with marbles uh, of how many days, the exact, wow. and then take one out every day and throw it away. Just quite literally watch their life tick down. Like, sands in an, like sand in an hourglass. Those kinds of mental hacks work yeah. because it will make you respect time and make you act, right? Sitting around and telling yourself that I'll get to it later tomorrow, whatever. No, that, 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 is, that is where I was going with the original, you know, which really to talk about mediocrity is the enemy. That is mediocre. That is that you know, that is that dumbing down of the world and just getting conned into believing you got time. Don't, the, world, the world doesn't want you to be successful. You don't deserve this. All that nonsense is just that. You yeah. get to decide, but you got to decide one day at a time. Yeah. Uh, that's incredible. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm going to do that myself, actually. So 
Um, appreciate it. How can we find out more about you or how can the listeners find out more about you? And I'm easy to find on social media. Just go to Kent Clothier, which is K-E-N-T-C-L-O-T-H-I-E-R, whether that's on Instagram or Facebook, just find me there or you can just go to KentClothier.com uh, or even on YouTube, just go look for Kent Clothier. But I'm easy to find, easy to connect with, love to interact. So hopefully I get the opportunity to meet and, and talk to everybody on here. I appreciate it, Ken. Thank you so much for being here today and uh, have a great Thanksgiving. Take care, Nate. Let's go. Let's go. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, Nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor Me and my wife weren't alright, I didn't reconnect with it I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself I started seeing coaches Life is a camera, I fixed the lens and now I see in focus Now my life's unrecognizable From my life just a couple years ago 17 plus years and marriage has never been better than this And we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm called to be a leader I'm a lead the way Cause I'm a firm believer We can do anything we want If I said it then I meant it I probably already did it Consider it done Consider it done If you need some inspiration you should play this Championship Leadership Podcast Hey baby